0: She can uh, listen up real sharp. Here it comes. You ready? Here it comes. <laughs> Fuck you! Lick my ball! 10, 9, 8,
1: 7, 6, 5, 4, 3,
2: 2, 1. And welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. <laughs> get
0: down on your knees and kiss
1: this man's feet. I'm Lance Wackerly. If I was that dude, I'd be dreaming of boobs.
0: We're going to stay here all night if we have to, so let's get started. Eh.
2: Can I go when this starts to suck? Good evening. Welcome to Stick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon.
3: From the Southern California area, it's D. Simon. From the Northern California area, it's Lance Wackerly. Good job, Wackerly. Way to like coming to you from up and down the, the state of
2: California. Way to way to shatter the illusion that we're both in the same room. People think no. we have this studio.
3: We have studio. We have pan state, interstate, separate studios, interstate. recording facilities, is what I like to call them.
2: Yeah a professional recording facility. I'm 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 in the uh the broom closet here and uh, you are in your what what is that like your rapist room or something? It's like this barren room with a bookshelf and hooks on the walls.
3: It's my rapist room. <laughs> it's where I make my beats, my beat boxes.
2: Dude, that's totally your masturbation den. That's what that room is.
3: <laughs> like like you're you don't masturbate every day in that little room you're in. Come on.
2: Yeah, I do. I do. It's, 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 what else are you going to do? That's where my computer I is. This, how long my you secret had your office lover.
3: Chair? How long have you had your office chair?
2: Uh, a couple months since I moved here.
3: Oh, really? Well, okay. Well, you're fucking up my story, but the chair that you had before you moved, how long did you have that office chair?
2: Dude, put it this way. If you were a female and you sat in that chair without wearing <laughs> any pants, there's a good chance you might become pregnant.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Because I've had herpes. this office chair for like 10 years, and I just <laughs> shudder to think how many times I've beat off in it. And it's not like you, you don't wash the cover, right? No, you <laughs> never, never should do. get a new one. I'd even spray it down My keyboard is also, my keyboard is just as old, actually maybe older, and is quite disgusting.
2: But is your office chair, is that like a cloth chair, or is it yes. leather? See, it's mine was cloth. leather, which I, I feel like, I don't think it, it, it absorbs as much ball milk. As a so it's chair. on the surface? It's just, yeah, it, it's peripheral. Peripheral <laughs> it's semen. It's
3: like the glaze on a glazed donut. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, Wacker, I, I noticed by your churlish attitude that you seem to have recovered from uh, the tragedy uh, this past week. Um, mm. So, let, let me ask you how, how you is life AO? In
3: A-O? the AO era? What's AO? After Apocalypse Obra. Online? Oh, after Oprah, after Oprah is what I, I like to call it. After
2: Oprah, there was Bo, which was like in what I guess in the seventies. That
3: was Bo, and now Oprah. it's AO. Oprah. She started in the eighties, I thought.
2: Yeah, so I'm saying the seventies were Bo. I mean, it was basically all BO back then. she
3: just completely ripped off Phil Donahue, who was he operating was... out of Chicago, also, right?
2: Yeah, Phil Donahue was what late seventies, early eighties. Then Oprah comes along.
3: And just fucking and steals his shit.
2: Steals his shit and basically just usurps him and has her own show, I mean, I which is infinitely
3: more popular. It's reparations for the white man stealing their music. They stole the whitest man possible's talk show format. <laughs> I, know,
2: I, know, I, I didn't like either, actually. I was, uh, I was pretty much indifferent to both being off the air, although my sister was rather upset. She was a huge fan. Think a lot of which I find which I find
3: are. hilarious. I always thought she was joking, but she genuinely was really a big Oprah of- fan.
2: You know what I think it is? Did do you ever did you watch the show? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've seen snippets, but did you actually? Well, ever, watch I
3: watched the one where she had Cormac McCarthy on, which was complete cognitive dissonance, <laughs> because like he writes these books that are just brutal, like brutality incarnate. And there he is on a like a floral <laughs> couch with Oprah, <laughs> and like that hazy camera lens, and she's just asking her normal lame Oprah questions. And I watched the whole thing, but it was it was a little bit. Uh, I was disoriented.
2: Yeah, I, I was actually quite surprised he went on there. It was almost. I, I, it was almost like a sellout maneuver for Cormac McCarthy, but he could never sell out. The guy's just. Well, he's too also amazing. a
3: su- He's an old man. He's just a nice old man, is the problem. He's got violence was funny. in his brain. A- and I just think, you know. And she put him on his her, you know, Book of the Month Club, which must have made him an extra, you know, a couple million or billion dollars. So I think he just felt gratitude. I think for he that. was
2: pulling a fast one, if you ask me. I think he was just like, yeah, sure, I'll come in the show and wait till your readers read this book and go into, like, complete, you know, Epileptic fits from being just shocked. Because, I mean, most of those books that she, well, she does recommend some, like, books that sort of push the envelope, but I think usually they're just kind of um, common. I don't think like I ever read sort of any of the other. Did you literature. read The
3: Corrections?
2: I uh, never read that one. Uh, I did read That's the read only some, other one
3: I ever heard of that I would have considered reading. No,
2: they, what's the drug dealer one? The one that was, like, fiction,
3: but a uh, oh, million, uh, little, million pieces. little pieces. A yeah. million little pieces. I didn't read that one either. That one had
2: its moments. But anyway, uh, you know, I, I was wondering if you're upset, or if you've recovered, or if you don't you don't care that she's now moved on to her own network, and she's going to be on twenty four seven, and she's going to influence even more minds and uh, poison the the general public with her worldview.
3: I think you're delusional that that this like this uh, channel you know, her personal channel is going to be anything like the wait and see, Mark. Wait and see. Well, you don't even let me finish my thought. (laughs) Anything like the, you know, cultural touchstone that the Ofra, you know, network, it's not a network, I guess, but you know, publicly broadcast show is.
2: Yeah. Well, CBS was making the money. Now it's going to all go into Ofra's greedy palms.
3: Right, but I think it's just going to, I think it's going to be very diluted. I think most of the time the channel's just going to have shit on it, and, and I think even she, is she even going to have a show like her show now there? Or is, it's going to be like a once-a-week thing other than every day? I mean, the whole point of this is she has billions of dollars and she doesn't want to work anymore, which I, who can blame
2: her? Right?: I think but she's I, going to keep producing shows, and she's still going to get her word across, and eventually you just see, she's going to give rise to a whole army. A female like she's going to resurrect the Amazonians, and then you'll see what happens when you're just used for your semen, Wackerly, not for your mind. <laughs>
3: why is she gonna, why is she gonna rec- re- resurrect Amazonians?
2: She's a lesbian, she loves big, huge women, powerful ladies.
3: She's a powerful woman, she's going to have <laughs> I didn't an know army. She was a chubby chaser. Well, no, look at her. I, I mean, just she, why would she do that? She has, she has more money than world than anybody. domination. She doesn't want a world domination. She wants to live in, you know, uh, Montecito, where nobody can get to her compound and just be left alone, and like, you know, be free to bump bagels with Gale and eat fucking cake and whatever. And Ralph Stedman's her beard. You're not fooling yeah. anybody with no, that Oprah. Ralph. Ralph Steadman's not allowed in to Montecito. <laughs> He's gonna stay in Chicago. That's for sure.
2: It's going to be world domination. That dude, dude hits the
3: jackpot, though. Come on.
2: Hell yeah! Think of all that money.
3: I I'd, I'd, I'd go into that cavernous vagina for you know his lifestyle for the millions. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. What, what does Ralph Steadman do?
3: He's the beard. I know, but I he mean, probably, the, I bet what you, does he had to do to all day. He just goes to the strip club and drinks scotch. I don't smoke cigars. Drives million-dollar sports cars around.
2: Did you ever see that hilarious bit on the Dave Chappelle show where he like gets Oprah pregnant? he's just like, I yeah. hit the jackpot. And it kind of reminds me of that, like Stedman, that he gets to like hang out all day, spend the money, do whatever he wants. I would, I would yeah. just smoke tons of weed. I'd get the best video games and hookers. The
3: best video games. You don't need video games if you have that much money.
2: <laughs> if you want to shoot
3: somebody like- in the head, we can work that out for you. <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll work that out. You can really do it in real life.
2: Well, Wackerly, uh, while you were lamenting the, uh, I guess, transition of Oprah... Uh, from the networks to her own thing, I was. You're, cra- you're
3: crazy if you think it does. It, it's not a big deal. Yeah, you were I'm trying saying, to tell me before I'm the show me, that it's not a big deal.
2: I'm saying to me, I don't feel like I was really affected by it in any way. No, it is a huge deal.
3: Seventy-five. Everybody's of, everybody's affected.
2: All that all that middle-aged
3: female estrogen is going to be redirected somewhere, and it's not. And I don't know where it's going to be redirected, but it's not going to be good just it's like it's going to have an effect they're going
2: to follow her to the oxygen network or whatever the, whatever it is think that so. she, that i don't think she's it's going
3: to it's too big to go to this little side project she's created to pretend like she's not just quitting but that's a, i'm done that's all i anyway, say anyway well you Next were topic. lamenting
2: the loss of oprah from the networks and uh the void that's going to be left in your life i was lamenting the fact that fox announced last week that america's most wanted is done it's over good it's no longer going to be a weekly program. After 25 years, almost 25 years, the show will cease weekly broadcasts and only air a few times a year. So I guess it's not mm. completely done. But uh, it's no so longer what's be a broadcast. What's uh, that guy's name?
3: Adam Walsh. Adam Walsh. So he's finally exercised the demons of his child being abducted and murdered.
2: Oh, wait, John Walsh. John, Walsh, is John Walsh. Adam Walsh was the son that was abducted and decapitated. Oh, right. And uh, yeah, I wonder if he. No, you know what? I bet you he hasn't exercised those demons. I, I guarantee um, he hasn't even come to terms with his son's death. I mean, he, he. I don't think he wanted to just go out. I don't think he wanted to be canceled. I think Fox oh, it got canceled. Put, yeah, no, Fox canceled it. It's like you're not making so enough he,
3: money. He's not big enough to pull the Oprah where he, he he leaves on his terms. He's, no. he's been kicked up. He was just kicked yeah. off. But well, the Cops fact, is still on though, right?
2: The fact of the matter is, though, Wackily. What the hell did Oprah ever do for anybody? This this program led to the capture of one thousand one hundred forty nine suspects since it was created in twenty twenty five years ago.
3: It's been on for third twenty five years.
2: Yeah, nineteen eighty eight. I just
3: started. I ha- I have something against that show because I love Cops, the reality, the long running reality show, which I believe is the first reality show, in my opinion. Cops. When when did you, cops? If start anybody movies? not in the U.S. or maybe they get. Cops elsewhere, but it's just a show where they show cops busting like trailer trash on a regular basis. Well, and uh, America's Most Wanted always came on afterwards, and it was just so boring compared to cops. You get because John Walsh is going on and on and on about the crime, he's serious too. I mean, cops—they just—they don't talk about it at all. They just show like, oh, here's a guy with one tooth trying to steal a watermelon from, uh, you know, this uh, roadside fruit stand, and he's on tons of meth, and oh, that big cop's gonna go bust him in the head with his nightstick, and then you watch him teeth. bust him in the head with a nightstick, or some trailer trash guy that just beat the
2: crap out of his wife, and she's like,
3: he treats me good,
2: screaming don't at tell the cops. Don't you came to
3: jail. <laughs> <laughs> We got the old baby sad.
2: <laughs> Meanwhile, he's slamming his head into the, the, the window of the police cruiser. But, you it, know, I, I never thought that, that. Uh, that America's Most Wanted actually worked. I mean, I, I didn't watch it to see if I'd you know, recognize somebody that committed a crime. I watched it for the crime reenactments. That's what mm-hmm. I'm going to miss. I love those reenactments. I mean, who <laughs> are they trying to fool with that?
3: Nobody. They're trying to illustrate the, the narrative.
2: But I mean, it's like these, these dramatic if we had If we had so reenactments,
3: false. our show would be better.: If we had actors, voice actors, professional voice actors come in and we would set up the story, then the professional voice actors would, would act out the story, and we could have a Foley guy doing sound effects. It would be very evocative.
2: I think if we had, yeah, if we actually videotaped our show and, and broadcasted it, um, we could actually have video reenactments of all these crimes that we talk about. Crime the yes. crimes But that, you know I I always Or no John Walsh though. I was always amazed by these uh these reenactments because they're shot in that like you know there's a like a cinema verite kind of style where it's, it's like a faux reality it's, they show it from like three different perspectives but it's shot like like hyper reality Do you
3: know what I mean sure. by that? I wasn't a film major so I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. But they do they do the things that I noticed are the the fade from one scene to the other they angle, angle the camera. That's that's the main thing. Yeah. Okay. So you're. And then there's there's always a soundtrack that's like, dun 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 dun. And then Josh John Walsh is talking in the background. That's when things got scary. And that's when things took a turn for the worse. Dun dun dun. And then you Marie thought Marie thought she could escape. She saw the opportunity. But lo, at the last minute, opportunity was snatched from the jaws of escape. But you that know, that was it, a little reenactment. That was me reenacting America's Most Wanted, reenacting a crime scene. It works on Meta. so many levels. The show is yeah, so right. postmodern.
2: But the, the <laughs> thing is, with these with these reenactments, though. He could talk as much as he wanted. You know, John Walsh could just go on and on describing the crime. But as soon as you see that reenactment, you're not fooling anybody. That convinced you that the guy's guilty. I've always thought they should use that in courtrooms. They were totally railroaded by the show. But you know, I mean, exactly. It's like no one's going to remember it. They're going to remember that reenactment because that reenactment sticks in your mind.
3: Well, plus, the reenactment actors are always slightly better. Even the criminal and the victim are always slightly better looking than the real criminal and victim. <laughs> which i just rather rather watch the better looking people.
2: Well, I, remember I as care a kid, more
3: about the better looking girl than the real life girl who got murdered and raped.
2: Well, I remember as a kid, I order. was always perplexed by like, I'm like, God, how did they get this on film when the crime actually took place? <laughs> the
3: cameraman should have stopped this. I know, like as why, was why wasn't he
2: doing anything? God, this is... Man, I just dick. don't get it. <laughs> and then I realized later that I should stop sniffing rubber
3: cement and use well, it. Well, no, you know, I don't really blame you because you you had just watched Cops. Yeah, you and know. And Cops Israel. And that's why it's confusing because they transition into America's Most Wanted.
2: I do love the the police reenactments. And the, and the fact of the matter is that America's Most Wanted did not pioneer that technique. Hmm. You know, uh, reenactments really? that played a key role in courtrooms as prosecutors Learned and defense attorneys. Vi to tell the more convincing story, Unsolved Mysteries did it. Uh, there's been several other shows that that, that use the Germanic reenactment.
3: I like um, Robert Stack better than John Walsh. Let me just say that.
2: I think John Walsh would would beat him in a fight. Like if they were actually going fisticuffs, I think John yeah, Walsh. Well, jo- the best didn't hint. John
3: Walsh used to be a cop? He's
2: a cop and he's got anger. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. his son was well, Robert Stack's just
3: an actor, but yeah. he was an airplane.
2: So I think Robert Stack was kind of a poser. I mean, but I, he was an airplane. He was an airplane, yeah. He was a badass, too. <laughs> I like his delivery better than John Walsh. But I think exactly. John Walsh is supposed to, like... At least uh, John Walsh wasn't like Chris Hansen. Like, John Walsh didn't actually go out. Although that might have made the show a little more entertaining if he actually did go out and, like, corral the suspects.
3: See, you kind of stole my thunder there. Why were because you... Because gonna... I was going to point out later that Chris Hansen is the guy who's, who's k- taken the torch, the baton, from
2: John America's Walsh.
3: wanted... Yeah. But did, uh, Even though did, it's not super obvious at first, but he's really doing kind of the same thing. Although he's catching people in the act, which is a little
0: weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's,
3: it's kind of strange.
2: But did did did, yeah. did catch a predator ever use the um the
3: dramatic reenactment? No, they used the hidden camera.
2: See, I think yeah.
3: <laughs> but he's still the, the the relation is that uh now I'm getting their names confused. What's the other? Chris Hansen? and John Walsh both use the power of popular television to fight crime. They're to like superheroes. Crime.
2: Although, I'm, I'm, I was always waiting for Chris Hansen to actually fall into his own trap, because you know that guy is a child predator. Oh, Look yeah. Look at him.
3: He has tons of child porn. Yeah. So, in Asian
2: countries, I like the way they use uh, crime reenactments. They use it like perp walks. Criminals are forced to reenact their crimes for the cops, who invite the media for maximum humiliation. We should seriously adopt this technique here in this country. It's usually reserved for the most serious crimes like bank robbery or murder, but um, is it, this is according to a uh, the, the, the author of uh, Tokyo Vice, which is an American reporter on the police beat in Japan. Which sounds
3: like an amazing book that I'm going to get before I go to Europe so I can read it on the plane. Maybe they have an
2: audiblepodcast.com and then you can listen to it. <laughs>
3: Well, what did you think I was talking about? Did you think I was talking about a fucking print book, you dick? Of course I fucking listened to it on audible.com.
2: In 2010, a South Korean man convicted of raping an eight-year-old girl was forced to reenact the crime in a Seoul alleyway while dozens of journalists watched and onlookers shouted insults at him. Uh, Japanese police invite the press less often than they used to, but they still do.
3: Who gets to play the eight-year-old girl in that (laughs) reenactment? (laughs)
2: <laughs> i wonder if they actually go and take an actual eight-year-old and like yeah. i mean i, mean, I, I, I like, wonder how <laughs> thorough the reenactment is
3: i like how over there it's more like live theater it's not even a tv show it's like <laughs> um the second showing is going to be at midnight uh the actors have to take a break so dude i think curtain be, uh... calls for the first show is at eight thirty p.m I think if I work, I wonder if like,
2: if he's like sitting there like, okay, well, I came over here, you know, line. I forgot. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot what I was saying at the time.
3: If there's like a gay choreographer, I told you you're not on your marks. (laughs) Start over.
2: Do you think they use the proper lighting?
3: Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: I wonder if, uh, I mean, it's kind of like, it's like street theater. So this mm-hmm. is what kind of disappointed me, and I think America's Most Wanted. This is what led, I think, to the downfall of America's Most Wanted. Is didn't they adopt like three D animation, like later on, or did they always do the live person? Not, that, not.
3: You're not saying wearing like three D glasses, so it was three D in your living room, but like three D computer graphics. You're saying,
2: yeah, like three D graphics, like an animation instead of a, an actual. Probably, like, live it's got to be
3: cheaper than got to be cheaper than paying actors. I I, I got to be honest with you. I haven't watched the show in probably 10 years.
2: You know what? You might be living right next door to a perp.
3: I probably right
2: am. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean, that's like, yeah, you have no idea.
3: I don't care to know. <laughs> Ignorance <laughs> is bliss.
2: You're just scared of seeing yourself on TV.
3: Well, now but... I'm kind of worried because I just said that Chris Hansen has child porn, that he's going to railroad me because I'm sure there's been something on my computer at some time that I didn't know about. Yeah, you don't want to watch out yourself.
2: I imagine. I, I I know. I should probably clean up my hard drive here. Mm. So during the O.J. Simpson trial, the prosecution commissioned a detailed 3D recreation of the murder. I kind of remember that you recreation. Remember? Yeah, they had like a recreation of. They had a recreation, not recreation. They had a recreation of. Uh, they had a recreation of like the bloody glove on the ground and like the the knifing in the the doorway.
3: And yes, then the, like, in the, the thorax.
2: And the, yeah, and then the uh, the like the animated bodies that were just kind of like pouring out blood. It was actually kind of gory for most of those animations.
3: But I re- I read they really have to watch out about the gore factor because the judge will throw out the 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 scene. Re- now you got me doing it. The recreation. The recreation. If there's <laughs> if there's too much, what he determines to be gratuitous blood and gore, even though that might be exactly what the scene looked like, because. You know, fucking O.J. Simpson, who's a gargantuan man, is stabbing the shit out of his wife, his little blonde wife, and the uh, you know waiter.
2: Well, most judges actually, you're you're right there. Consider reenactments to be prejudicial, no matter what.
3: And that's the thing. What
2: it's it's, uh, you're entitled to a fair defense, and it's you know uh, they they try to suppress the reenactments because the other side you know typically can't afford one because it's a court-appointed attorney. I highly doubt he's spending out of his own pocket to uh, to make a, a digital reenactment. That'd be great, actually. Yeah, but, t- typically,
3: <laughs> but typically, in a, I mean, in a criminal murder case, it's also a public attorney on the prosecuting side. So well, I think they I should mean, be allowed because a lot of the time they try, you know, these defense attorneys try and sway the jury by saying... There's no way he could have got his arm into that angle and stabbed her from that side of her upper down angled neck or something like that. And then you gotta you gotta do a computer graphic to say yes, it could exactly happen, and this is how it would have happened.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting to say what exactly happened, and I think a lot of these films blur the line of reality. I think they offer so many different perspectives. That it's. It, I think it's. It, it's difficult to convey the truth. I think you can get the with these germ, crime reenactments, the way they're filmed. I think it it persuades the viewer. Like you can control the viewer into believing whatever you're trying to present. Do you ever see the movie The Thin Blue Line?
3: With Kurt Russell?
2: Uh, was he? In that? I think he was in that. Errol Morris did that movie. Uh, yeah,
3: maybe sure. I didn't. I may be thinking of something else.
2: So he used crime reenactments to blur the line between truth and fiction by showing, like, several different accounts of the shooting of a Dallas police officer in that movie. And he altered Mm. details accordingly. So it's like he gave you three different accounts of what actually happened, and all of them were completely credible. So, I mean, it's difficult to know what exactly happened. And that's what they did on America's Most Wanted. They're like, well, this is what we think happened. And who knows? I wonder if... I wonder if the criminal himself watched it and was just like, "Dude, I did not do that. My technique is so much better. I didn't use three downward stabbing techniques. I just, you know, one in the gullet and just ripped upwards."
3: That's when the prosecutor goes, "Aha!
0: (laughs) You just admitted it right into my trap."
3: But the fact that everything you say about misleading and blurring the lines of reality—that's what lawyers do. I well, mean, I guess, just giving them another tool to do it with that might be more clear, might be less clear. I, I just that's what both the prosecution and the defense are both doing that every well, day since the dawn of the court system. I just
2: feel it's an it's an unnecessary tool in the courts. I just think it influences people because I, I don't think people have enough of it, especially jury jury members. I've seen juries. It, it's, it's not an intelligent cross section of America. I mean, the people that have time to do jury duty tend not to be your peers. And those no. people, their, short, their attention span is probably about maybe three minutes of dialogue. But if you show them a grisly video, that's going to completely influence their decision. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying yeah. I, don't, I don't think it should be admissible. <laughs> I think what we should do, and this is what's unique about America's Most Wanted what's going to be missed. They combine the entertainment and legal value of these crime reenactments. And I think that's what we should do. What, what you just mentioned before, street theater. We should follow the Asians. And we should have public reenactments of these crimes. It'd be better than community theater.
3: Do you think this should be on PBS or something? Or paid yeah. for by the National Endowment for the Arts?
2: I think we should be able to go see it. What would you rather see? A uh, community production of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof or a guy having to like reenact a crime where he like murdered and raped like three 8-year-olds?
3: well i'm i'm obviously inclined to say the rape but (laughs) cat on a hot tin roof lasts for like 90 minutes a couple hours right i mean how long is this rape theater gonna be well no you'll have like five or six of them
2: you'll have like five or six back-to-back crimes Mm -hmm. and it's like in the sounds
3: sounds a little tedious
2: well, you know, okay, three of them. It'd be a half an hour, but you have the well, real, a d- real crimes. felons. Different crimes. Different crimes. Can I, I get mean, like a rape, a
3: rape and a, a, ch- uh, a spousal abuse, and then maybe a suicide? Oh, I guess people commit suicide don't get in the court really. You know, a bank know, robbery, an
2: armed robbery. See, yeah, like- no,
3: you mentioned that the 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 Asians, <laughs> the Asians do this for murder and bank robbery. Do- I don't really want to see a reenactment of a bank robbery. That sounds boring. What if it's a robbery? Uh, Then I came in with a gun and they gave me the money in a big sack with a dollar sign on the side, and I ran away.
2: What if it's a robbery and a murder? He shot like the uh, clerk, and you know, and bystander. That would be all right.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I liked the I liked the town, but I don't I don't feel like these you know legal reenactments are going to have quite the same high production values (laughs) as the ben affleck movie i don't know will there be car chase scenes and crashes and stuff and like big shootouts in the street
2: the theater there's the theater is lacking these days in, in good solid entertainment we could add like you know live ammunition why not
3: can i get jeremy renner to play the role of the accomplice number two yeah, I mean, I, I think that would work. Uh,
2: you know, you could almost have I like, I like actual felons, you know, having to put on wigs like, like Shakespeare used to do, where men would uh, have to play the female roles. You could have felons, uh-huh. you know, reenact uh, the, the, the crime, and they have to dress up as the eight-year-old that gets raped.
3: Okay, I'm I on think board. It might
2: work. I think it might work. Well, anyway, Oprah's out, America's Most Wanted, it's out. Who knows the future of television from here on? People, this is episode uh, 279 here of Sick and Wrong. I, I believe last week I was wrong with the, uh, the, the episode number the entire time. You, you You're know, fired. Tennessee? Yeah, I, I was wrong the episode, I was wrong with the episode number. The sound quality of my horrible microphone um, detracted from the, the output of the show here. And, uh, and furthermore, I mean, we were, we we're nervous because we thought we were going to be raptured. So it, it's nice to be back in our regular you know, Sick and Wrong studios.
3: We didn't get raptured.
2: It I got moved,
3: raptured. though. Now it's going to happen on October 21st.
2: Great. Now i got five more months of worrying. <laughs> so a uh, quick recap of last week's show, episode 278. We did three listener stories. Uh, listener story number one was the mystery enema. Uh, listener story number two was the backwards leg baseball player. And the third story was the insurance company orgy, which I didn't really think was all that sick and wrong anyway. Uh, The story that won, surprisingly, was the backwards leg baseball player. And you know what I think it was that convinced the entire audience? The people that went to the website and saw that photo. Right. God, I I still close my eyes, and I still see that backwards leg and that kid's creepy smile.
3: Actually, because we're on Skype now, don't turn around.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, congratulations, listener two, for sending in that backwards leg baseball player story. You won episode 278. People, you know the way sick and wrong works. Wackily and I present the most disturbing news items of the week here on the show. Audience votes, and the winner gets a sick and wrong care package. You can send your listener submissions to sick and wrong podcast at hotmail.com, mail them directly through Facebook, or submit them uh, via the sick and wrong forum. Wackily, we've got a number of good stories here this week. Uh, before we get to that, a quick word from our esteemed sponsor, Audible.com. I was thinking about this the other day. Audible.com, Wackily, it's a great yeah. way. To tune out those annoying people in your life. Like when you don't want to have a conversation, I think this is what you should do. You should get flesh-colored earphones, like earbuds. Flesh-colored earbuds where no one can really see. Match it to your complexion. then you can put them in your ears. And you can completely tune out your girlfriend when she's like, you know, wanting to go on and tell you about her day at work. You can be listening to an audiobook that you ordered from Audible.com such as does the noise in my head bother you? By Steven Tyler, his new biography, autobiography. They wrote. What was that? <laughs> I was just listening to Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> Were you? Are you done? I couldn't even tell because you have those flesh-colored headphones on. So convincing! It's a good trick. Yeah. So people that I think that's I just what you thought need of that trick do. myself because Orders. if I
3: wear these flesh-colored earbuds, then I can just tune you out. I don't know if you've ever heard of something like that before, but.
2: No, yeah, and, and I thought the whole time you were paying attention to what I was saying. You could even nod a little bit, and uh, people—you know—people completely think you're, you're you're listening. I mean, there, there's no way to tell that you're not. It's brilliant. So, what you need to do, people, is paint your earphones like flesh colored, and then go to audible.com. And choose one of the 75,000 titles that they have to offer. Every genre. I mean, you can get the Steven Tyler book. You can get a classic like Pride and Prejudice. Or you can even get that uh, zombie Pride and Prejudice that someone, uh, some snarky author just wrote.
3: Because assholes can't be bothered to read the actual book.
2: No. You've got to read the, the new one. The
3: state of people today.
2: So Audible has over 1,000 science and tech titles and 1,100 science fiction and fantasy titles. Uh, so go to audiblepodcast.com slash and get your free audiobook today. That's audiblepodcast.com/slash diddle. So, actually, uh, as I said before, we do have a few good stories here for uh, this week's show, episode 279. Let me kick off the show with the first listener submission. Hi. so this is one of those uh, classic cases of like 100 people sending in the same story and uh-huh. uh, people you know we appreciate you sending in a good story but we usually try to be egalitarian when it comes to selecting it so uh, i picked the first guy that sent it in in my email inbox here and his name is rock ape so i don't even know <laughs> if it's a man or if it's a you know simian or one or of those Planet of the apes thing or a rock, a mineral
3: you know could be a mineral Uh, He writes,
2: hello girls, it seems like a coincidence to me that the trucker involved in this story accidentally got a hose up his ring piece. But hey, who am I to judge? I love your show, keep up the good work, and don't ever use a shitty mic again. Rock Ape. Alright, Rock Ape, you know what, I already apologized for it. That mic sucked. (laughs) You didn't have to listen to last week's show. Um, So, But you know, he wasn't lying about this. I do find the story suspicious uh, in, in, in its own right. And uh, believe me, before I even get to it, this is Trucker Paul's worst nightmare. Well,
3: because Trucker Paul just lost all that weight.
2: Yeah, this would be Trucker Paul's worst nightmare. I think it would be down. any Trucker's worst nightmare, though. So uh-huh. a New Zealand trucker was blown up like a balloon by an air hose. Truck inflated. Drive, inflated, yeah. Because they, they when blow, you say blown, blown up, up, up,
3: there's you know, several meanings to that term.
2: Yeah, I mean, he wasn't—you know—he wasn't caught in like some kind of explosion. He was inflated, like filled with air. A truck driver in New Zealand nearly popped after an air hose accidentally got lodged in his buttocks. I love how they—they they use the term "accidentally." There's—there's there's no way this could be intentional. I—I I couldn't even see this as being intentional. Stephen McCormick says he's lucky to be alive after the bizarre accident on Saturday. Landed him in an intensive care unit. He's, the forty-eight-year-old was uh, at a Waitohahi contractors. I don't even know if I said that right. It's some kind of weird, like uh, New Zealand word. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the Australians. They have this like their own language down there. Right, might as well be on the moon. Um, the forty-eight-year-old was at work uh, standing on the rigging between his truck and the trailer when he slipped and fell. He landed on the hose connected to the semi's air brakes and broke it. The nozzle pierced his left buttock and air from the tanks pumped into his body at 100 pounds per square inch. So explain that in layman's terms there, How much air is going into him? <laughs> Seven cubic <laughs> bleeders. I don't know.
3: I thought you're an engineer. Does this have like a deeper meaning to you? Well, I will point one thing out. Everybody's trying to imply that this guy is a Gaber. and he had he didn't have it up his butt hole. It's in his buttock. That's they not the say, hole.
2: They say and it I'm not even a doctor, and
3: I can understand this.
2: I think it was in his ring piece. I think it went in. No, the hole. it
3: says it's in his buttock. Not as not in between. Not betwixt his buttocks. I think it, it says it pierced his buttock, like in the cheek. I, I still you guys beg the differ. You guys, you, guys are, you guys are like McCarthy with this gay thing. Like, everything's got, <laughs> Everybody's gay. Everybody's putting hoses in their asses on every story. Okay, Wagner, well, no, ex- explain he this fell, to me. It,
2: it pierced his butt cheek. Explain this to me. Why would you be gay if you, if you sit on a tube up your ass and fill yourself with air? Is that like a homosexual activity? Is that like what hom- homosexuals do to uh, get
3: off? Oh, are you turning it around on me now? No, I'm just I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying the guy's a
2: deviant, and that's what Rock Ape thought.
3: Right, but nobody's getting sexual satisfaction from jamming a tube into their into their butt cheek. I, if it was sexual- in the hole, if it was in the butthole, I could see your point.
2: All right, okay. All right. I'm going to <laughs> You guys I'm are j- you X- guys aren't reading
3: there. the story closely. And you're jumping to conclusions, and you're disparaging this man's sexuality, his, <laughs> his propriety, <good> <laughs> his adherence to the New Zealand trucker code of honor.
2: All I'm saying is that truckers are a shady lot. I'll i mean, agree they, with you there. You know, they, they consort with women of loose morals, and uh, they, men. Tend, they tend to uh, evacuate themselves into plastic bags and throw them out the the, the side of their car while driving.
1: Well, I, just, I,
2: I, don't, I don't think it's beyond the realm of, of uh, imagination here that, that this guy might actually get off shoving a tube up his butt. But the fact that it pierced his buttock, I think I'm kind of going along with what you have to say here. Okay. It, 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 he for, was, as for
3: how much air was in him, I, I have no idea. It wouldn't be good, though.
2: He says, I was blowing up like a football. I had no choice but to just lay there blowing up like a balloon. So which one is it? A football or a balloon? They're similar. I guess they are similar. Kind of reminds me of. Uh, it's
3: just like a tough skinned balloon.
2: It, it kind of reminds me of the, the, way they, the way he described it. That's how doctors described it. The air separated his fat from his muscles and quickly filled his body, inflating his leg, chest, and face. The pressure also caused his lungs to fill with fluid and compressed his heart. Kind of reminds me of that scene in Live and Let Die. When James Bond shoved like uh, air capsule or something into um his name, like Mr. Big Something like that. Remember that which, scene which and Bond
3: was this? The, it was the one in New Orleans. I and I stopped watching a long time ago, but this this was like uh this was air Roger Brosnan Moore or something. This was oh, Roger, Moore. Movie, Roger Moore. Yeah, it was an old one.
2: Oh. I, I just remember as a guy, kid huh? being like, Wow, that'd be a horrible way to go. This guy's gonna have to explore air it.
3: capsule. But, well, <laughs> it mean, just turned into air as he swallowed it. Is that the he, you know, he just, he just
2: like, you know, swelled up and then exploded and there were guts everywhere. Mm. I was just like, wow, James Bond's a badass. Uh, he yeah, became more and more true. distressed and his whole body started to swell, said uh, his boss. Um, McCormick started screaming for help and his co-workers removes, removed him from the nozzle after nearly half of the air in the tank had been pumped into him. Emergency personnel arrived nearly an hour later but his condition made helping him difficult. So I, I guess they say that the fact that he was just like what, just filled with air, like a human balloon. Like what? Would, what would you do in this situation?
3: Well, keep him away from sharp objects. That's number one. That's number what I would. Two. Say. I would uh, maybe bring him to a child's birthday party. Bouncy castle. That's what. A bouncy I would, that's castle. Exactly what it's I was very thinking. safe place for balloon. Uh, keep bean away bag from chair. cats. No, if somebody's gonna sit on him, he's gonna pop. Yeah, a bean, a bean a beanbag chair is not like a balloon at all. It's full of beans, not air.
2: Yeah, I guess. So. But I'm just saying it could be like a comfortable inflatable chair. There's inflatable. Oh, he furniture. sits on
3: the he sits on the beanbag. Okay, sure, I'll buy that. That might work. Well, you know what I?
2: What, what, the main but thing
3: I, the main thing though is to get the air out of him. But I agree with what you said. So you need some, You need something one. with a lot of uh, suction power. Which I think, if you're in that situation, probably a lot lizard would be the first go-to suction device. Lot lizards hand. tend to
2: have an um, enormous amount of suction power. So uh, yeah. th- that might have that worked. I probably would have done that. I would have probably attached a lot lizard to his rectum and just had her suck out a lot of the air, rather than what this emer- these emergency personnel tried to do. They went to put a drip in me, but when they put the needle in, The air spit the needle out. I I, I just don't think popping him would be a really good idea. I think what they're trying to do is put an IV in, but essentially the guy's filled with air, like a big human Mm -hmm. balloon. Right. It just Um, blows
3: a big... It's like when your kid is drinking a soda and just blows bubbles into the straw. That's what his body was doing to the IV.
2: Exactly. Just blow it out. Uh, The Freaka accident left McCormick's skin crackling with air bubbles. Although doctors were able to extract the excess fluids, the truck driver is forced to release the remaining air in the only way possible. And this is probably the best quote I've read in a sick and wrong story in a long time. Quote, unquote, this is what he told the news. You can't turn a tap on and let it out. You just have to burp it out or fart it out. (laughs) <laughs> uh, he's completely recovered uh, But it took nearly three days for him to return to his normal size I do wonder <laughs> what like they're the going to call the guy Yeah, he's, he's like Stay Puff Marshmallow Man oh, Just puffy He's just puffy So, sure. you know, think, you know. It's, it, thankfully he did not perish in this sense, And it would be a horrible way to go Could you imagine telling your kids Just like, you know, dad died by being inflated He was inflated death. He died like a balloon A balloon would Right Popping
3: I Your kids think I just would that, never like. They're, they're, they would have a different attitude towards balloons for the rest of their lives.
2: You'd never go to a carnival. You probably no. would never go for a hot air balloon ride. Nope. It'd be a tragedy.
3: Um, you never make a balloon animal.
2: You would be scared of balloon animals because of what they could do or what would happen. You would never
3: mule heroin across state lines. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so on the second wrong star scale. I think the fact that he didn't die is even worse because now the guy can, can recall that experience of being just inflated, and having nothing to do but just feel yourself being filled with air, which I think would almost be a fate worse than death. I'm giving this five stars.
3: I give it five, but I, I so is he, he has to go back to work. I would think this would be long term disability. Workman's compensation.
2: It says that he recovered, but it said that uh, it took him three Might days. Might still to be his on disability.
3: Service. Yeah. yeah I would want a good five years of just you know getting paid to sit around and drink beer on my lazy boy and watch Oprah. Oh, we can't watch Oprah anymore. I guess I just go back to work.
2: I think there's easier ways to get workman's comp, but uh mm. yeah. what do you have here for episode 279 uh, <laughs>
3: I don't know who sent this in. It was unappended. But uh, there's a guy. He's a guy in Connecticut. And he claims to be a community college professor. There's no more prestigious and authoritative figure in society than the community college professor. (laughs) Can you agree
2: (laughs) on that? Yeah, of course. But when you say claims, does that mean he's not?
3: Uh, the article says he posed as a professor at a community college in Greenberg in Connecticut. So I, I take that to mean he's not actually a community college professor. Maybe he's an associate professor and he's posing as a full fledged professor. Well, but I just find it funny that if you're going to impersonate somebody and it will become clear later on that he's, he's trying to gain a position of authority that you choose to impersonate a community college professor,
2: <laughs> I agree with you, I think if you're going to impersonate somebody, you might as well just shoot for the top. i'd be like, yeah i, I you know I'm a, a Yale professor of biology right professor yeah. of biology at yale
3: not we, uh, I teach the uh, basket weaving and bird washing class down at, uh, at DeVry. Uh, yeah <laughs> well, that's a technical college, a little bit different, but similar.
2: I, I i'm just saying i, I guess it might may, maybe it's more credible if he's uh you know going for the low the low <laughs> the low goals here i mean it's like okay
3: do you know who i am i profess <laughs> <laughs> remedial the, you know, english
2: i wonder at if
3: junior college of alameda
2: <laughs> so if you're a community college professor are you allowed to have the leather patches on your elbows or is that only for like an you know like an actual four year college
3: pleather only pleather
2: oh you have to do de- pleather man
3: no suede I always get this confused though I thought is it corduroy patches on a leather jacket or is it leather package patches on a corduroy jacket or is it corduroy patches on a tweed jacket right, what is we- with the elbow patch if if your if your jacket is wearing out at the elbows just buy a new jacket. You always
2: ruin two perfectly fine jackets. I, I don't know
3: why.
1: <laughs> and
3: what are these professors doing on their elbows? That's a little... That's gay. Now that I wouldn't mind finding out, yeah. <laughs> that's gay. Why are all these professors have worn out knees and elbows on their clothes? Okay. Let's get let's let's get a let's get a community college professor on that research project.
2: Who started oh, that yeah. look anyway? That's what I'd like. To know. I don't
3: know, but i never. If we're gonna get into you know fashion, I'm never gonna finish the story.
2: <laughs> All right, that's fine. Let, let's move on here. I don't want to critique the fashion of the community college professor.
3: I could almost go, just go for five minutes trying to think of a fancier word for fashion that I'm trying that I have on the tip of my tongue, but I can't. Sartorial sartorial good job mr <laughs> simon that's what i wanted to say now we can move on uh from our sartorial discussion <laughs> okay this guy he uses the alias dr hunter and, and i gotta I hate to go back to this but the professor at the community college is generally not a doctor <laughs> and I'm not even i'm not i'm even you know i'll allow that you don't have to be a medical doctor to be called doctor but if somebody has a PG, P, phd and they require that you call them doctor just punch them in the face um how many community but college even, professors? G- even given that a phd is technically a doctor even if he's a phd of like native american studies that guy still <laughs> isn't working at the community college yeah that's what
2: i was about to say how many community college professors have a phd
3: yeah so he goes by Dr. Hunter. I like the I like the Hunter name because that reminds me of the great Fred Dryer show action show of my youth,
2: and that surname commands authority.
3: His real name is La- Lawrence Batone. He's 50 he's a 52-year-old gentleman. And like I said, he poses as a community college professor. Uh and as uh this I don't know how you do this. If he if he just hangs out at the college cuz obviously he's not in the classroom teaching a class. Because at that point he might as well just really be a community college professor, but he lured several young men to the campus after initially meeting them at shopping malls in the area. Okay, I just answered my own question.
2: So he recruited these kids and then have them. He had them meet him at his faux classroom. Like, is this an imaginary classroom? Is it like where? Where does? He I have haven't read meet? the
3: story that that closely yet. So let me just move <laughs> on, and hopefully the details will be revealed it is alleged that he would tell his victims they needed to know how to endure interrogation by foreign enemies and torture. And this was part of their training because what he did is he told them that he was going to get them into a secret agency that they'd never heard of, but that was part of the government. I don't know why they thought that a community college professor would be in charge of this whole operation, but you know, if it's that secret, maybe he's posing as a community college professor, That also has a secret identity or something to, you know, to protect his high classified, uh, top secret, you know, clearance position. You
2: know, but I kind of have you ever heard one of the Blackwater security guys being interviewed? No, I could see them going for something like this. I don't don't know. I I just I I feel like (laughs) you're, you're not picking the most intelligent people to be part of Blackwater.
3: Well, and, no. That I think you're really. I think you're impugning the Blackwater. The Blackwater dudes are like ex special forces. I mean, some not. Of them. They might not be Rhodes scholars, but they're they're smart dudes. And there are a lot of guys that
2: were dishonorably discharged that Blackwater hired as well.
3: Well, but I think they were like high level, you know, skilled uh, uh, warriors before they were dishonorably, dishonorably discharged for raping, you know, somebody below them.
1: Or like, but these
3: are these are like jackasses that don't that want to be that guy but are complete fucktards and like couldn't even pass, you know, the ASVAB test that lets you get into the army. Well I think yeah, More I think Navy. part
2: of it is this guy's just like I'm gonna go to the mall and I'm gonna pick up these like mouth breathers and I'm gonna say, Hey, yeah. you can be you know, you can be the next like, you know, PsyOps guy, internal operations guy that's gonna come in here and get Osama bin Laden, but first got gotta come with me
3: to my No van. it's like do you <laughs> Do you like Call of Duty? Yes. (laughs) You can really be the Call of Duty man. In real life. Or something like that. I'd have to work on my pitch, okay? It's not not perfect. (laughs) During the training sessions, Batone is accused of forcing his victims to strip naked, bounding them to tables, pouring oil and cold water on their bodies, and inserting pins underneath their fingernails. Wow, that's where I'd be like, I'm out. Right, and remember, this is allegedly a job. So, even if you're really stupid, even if you've had the lowest of the low jobs before this, wouldn't you think? Hey, you, should I fill out like a W two before we get right into this torture <laughs> thing, or should we go through some orientation? Uh, where do I? Where's the punch card machine? What's what am I getting paid for this? I don't know. I, I'm just surprised like that someone going would right be into so... the torture.
2: I'm just amazed that someone would be so gullible. What state did this happen in? I'm picturing, I'm, I'm thinking Midwest.
3: Nope, Connecticut.
2: Connecticut, wow, East Coast. So these as, kids weren't as, even upper, savvy enough.
3: As snobby East Coast, North, New England as you can get.
2: Who, I mean, as soon as the guy was like, all right, I want to train you guys to be Call of Duty, come with me, I'm like, all right, I'm, that sounds cool. sweet. Call of Duty. Am I going to make a lot of money? Okay, that sounds kind of cool. And as soon as I get to the secret training area, and he says, all right, you got to strip naked. That's when I'd be like, I'm out. I'm not getting naked. Sorry, dude. This is weird. Well, now, you're
3: not committed to your country, boy.
1: <laughs> like I'm sorry. Fine, yeah. Okay. Young, there's trees. Like, like I'm going to run Canada. These fine young pa-
3: patriots were.
2: But but these guys not only strip naked, they also allowed her to pour hot oil over them and shove
3: toothpicks on their under their fingernails. Pins. Pins. Even worse. Although I always wonder about this stuff. Like, maybe these guys, you know, maybe we're not giving them enough credit. And maybe they're, maybe they're, they could be pervs too. There's pervs that are into that stuff. There's, there's submissive, gay young men that want to be dominated by an old man. I don't know. They don't say. I'm picturing these kids to be adolescents. No, no. It doesn't, it would say if they're adolescents. I believe that they are 18 and up. Young men, they refer to them as. In no place in the article do they say that they were minors. But I don't but picture Dr. Hunter to be too discerning. I think you'd be but like, by the right, time... you're down? No, but the article would point out that they are minors. And actually, this will become apparent later on. Uh, but I think by the time they get to the pins under the fingernails, then then you're strapped down and it's too late. You're like, hey, safe word, safe word. <laughs> Go gung ho marine, something or other. Hoo-ah, Hoo ah! <laughs> and he's not stopping. That's when it's that's why it's not. I mean, there's S&M relationships that are consensual, but you have to have a safe word. If the guy doesn't... Yeah. If this S&M relationship, if the sadist doesn't obey the safe word, then it's rape and torture. This pretty sounds pretty like rape
2: at the rape and torture variety here.
3: He allegedly, this guy swore the men to secrecy and enticed them with promise of international security jobs that paid hundreds of thousands of dollars per year. <laughs> The district attorney, Janet Fiore said four victims had been identified and police were searching for more. Now, here's why I think that these guys weren't minors, because the former teacher, he was a teacher and coach, was, he had previously spent time in prison in the 90s for accessing child pornography and assault after videotapes surfaced of him whipping and torturing teenage boys. So he had been involved with teenage boys in the past. Which probably leads
2: him to be to, to recruit... Who hangs out at the mall? Adult? You know, if you're an adult, you'd hang out at a bar, not a mall.
3: 18-year-olds. 18-year-olds are not minors, but they are not old enough to hang out at a bar. All right. 18-year-olds I could see, but I think
2: uh, he's looking for 14 to 18.
3: They would, think why would his,
2: the, you think the article would not have pointed that out? Come on. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they didn't ask. But, but, but you'd think they would. you think they would have said minors.
3: I know. They would have said minors. These weren't minors that they would have said.
2: It says young men. Young men. I don't know. It's, it's, it's ambiguous. It's an
3: ambiguous Young military-minded men.
2: <laughs> However, I, I do agree, like, most 8 18-year-olds year aren't the most intelligent guys either that hang out at malls, and instead of, like, trying to pick up some preteen, they're like, some guy comes around and is like, I'm going to offer you $100,000 basically to do a live action Call of Duty. I could see mm-hmm. some of these guys going with them. But as soon as the dude was like, get naked and I'm going to bound you, bind you to a table, I think I'd be mm-hmm. like, all right, dude, I'm out.
3: Right. But you're not. But what if you kind of had inclinations in that direction to begin with? What would you
2: do? Wagley? Jeffrey?
3: What if it was Jeffrey? Do you think Jeffrey might say, eh, all
2: right, let's do it. I think Jeffrey's consented to much worse. Personally, yeah, but
3: <laughs> that's what I think,
2: so on the sick and wrong star scale, this guy, I wonder how long this guy had been torturing kids before someone found out
3: well they've they yeah, they've caught four and they think there's more they're searching for them,
2: yeah, so I would so, say um, you know this is a pretty it's a rather egregious violation of their rights i mean i I think it's terrible but the fact that they played along with it or right. you know didn't the fact that they didn't they didn't immediately just say what the hell are you doing you you freak and run away well I'm makes... surprised
3: this 52 year old man didn't get his ass beat at some point by exactly. a 18 year old
2: like, I mean when he... so you know I'm going to give this 4 stars I think it's sick enough it f- but I blame men. the victims
3: oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good... one of our policies is blaming the victims here I something... think they should I think all these young men should be made honorary navy seals just for their you know, they're horror, horror-filled uh, experiences.
2: Could you imagine, though, if one of your friends actually went through with this? I think, you know, not initially, but probably like six months down the line, I would have been making so many jokes. I, I don't even yeah. think I would have been able to control myself. <laughs> I would have just been like, i got some hot oil. You, uh-huh. you want to join the Call of Duty? The, the D special force unit, special forces?
3: And then what if he's like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know you were down with that. And you'd be like, oh, <laughs> That'd be like, God. dude,
2: I was just joking. You freak, <laughs> you sick freak. All right, well, the uh, final story here for episode 279 uh, was sent in by Maria. Maria says, the I bet you this is your favorite song."
3: Maria, I once met a girl named <laughs>
2: Maria. No, well,
3: actually, she looked like a gorilla in a tree. Uh. It's from West Side Story. <laughs> you
2: philistine. <laughs> The gorilla line was not in West Side Story.
3: That's my addition.
2: So, uh, this actually, Mario's right. gorillas though.
3: don't go into trees.
2: Come this on. is my favorite song. You light up my life.
3: Wow. That's a good one too. I'm not gonna. I only get to sing one song per show.
2: You light up my life. Songwriter Joseph Brooks accused rapist, commits suicide. Uh, Joseph Brooks, also known as Joe Brooks, uh, the Oscar-winning composer of You Light Up My Life.
3: Or if you want to be informal, we'll call him Joe. It's cool.
2: <laughs> I think he was known in the scene as Joe. We just call him Joe Brooks. What but scene?
3: The, you know, The, the raping uh, scene or the music writing scene? Both. <laughs> they, I think they go hand in <laughs> hand. They're just
2: kind of the same people who <laughs> are in both. But he's the composer of uh, the song You Light Up My Life. He was awaiting trial for rape while his son faced a murder trial. He just killed himself Sunday in his Upper East Side apartment in New York City. Do you remember the song, You Light Up My Life, Wackley? Did your mom love that song?
3: Uh, I, I do remember the song. I don't remember my mom specifically loving it. My mom uh, had that on 8-track, and she had
2: a, like a vinyl record of the Debbie Boone version of that song. So I had Debbie to hear it Boone. a lot when I was a kid. It was Neil Diamond, You Light Up My Life. And Is I always, that
3: Pat Boone's daughter?
2: It is Pat Boone's daughter, Debbie Boone. Oh, That's, I think, the most well-known version of that song. Brooks was 73 years old. He was found dead with a plastic dry-cleaning bag over his head and a towel.
3: Never do that.
2: And a towel wrapped around his head and neck near a hose, which was attached to a tank of helium gas. And he wasn't trying to inflate himself, people, okay? Don't get me wrong.
3: He He was trying to get a really high voice. Yeah.
2: I think that's what he was trying to do. He left a note, but cops would not reveal its contents. You want to know why? Because I bet it's another hit song. Guaranteed.
3: (laughs) The cop is going to sell it on the open songwriting market? I think
2: the cop's just going to take the song and then try to sing it and be like, you know what? I wrote this.
3: Maybe sell it to Scotty McCreary?
2: Is that the new American Idol? How did you know that? That
3: is the newest American Idol. (laughs) Because I listened to, you know, come on. Yeah, I'm to use. I bet
2: show. you though, that guy probably has done you U- U- light of my life at least one time while I sing that song. Suicide mm-hmm. by Helium is relatively rare, but it's recommended as painless and easy by the world's best selling suicide how to book <laughs> Final Exit. Uh, the setup is variously called a Helium Hood or an exit bag. Exit bag. I like I kinda like that. Do you think it makes your voice sound hilarious? When you have an exit bag on your head filled with helium,
3: but only you can hear it. It's that whole tree in the forest thing. Yeah, if but you have my a hilarious voice and you're the only person to hear it and you're about to die. Is, it, is it really that funny?
2: Well, my question is, would you be dying from laughter or from asphyxiation?
3: Both. It would be <laughs> it would be a positive feedback loop because the more you laughed, the quicker you would, the quicker you would die. <laughs> more, the quicker you die. But the more you laugh, the more funny it is, and the more you laugh, and the quicker you Yeah, because you it's
2: die. A, it's such a hilarious laughter.
3: It is fucking hilarious. God, helium! I never knew you could use
2: helium to kill yourself, but I guess it makes sense. I mean, you're just asphyxiating. That's yourself, why but...
3: sometimes I get a little scared. You know, when I'm when I'm busting out the whippets, because <laughs> I really think that's if you that, got a that, bad one, aren't, aren't helium. No, but it's nitrous oxide, but, you know, if you got, like, if somebody accidentally filled one up with just nitrogen, it would be the same. Nitrogen is pretty much very similar to helium, in that it will just push all the oxygen out of your lungs, and then you just drown.
2: Yeah, you'd just be gasping for air.
3: Although, I guess if you don't have the bag cinched around your head, you would it could immediately get more oxygen into your lungs. So, are you saying
2: you distrust the guy wearing the uh, Bob Marley t-shirt, and uh, smoking a joint, handing out the uh, standing next to the helium or the, the nitrous tank, handing out the balloons.
3: Well, I usually ask to see their business license <laughs> <laughs> before, just to be sure that I, I know who I'm dealing with, and you know that they're bonded, and that if I had to sue them, they would <laughs> they could maybe pay up the damages. I'm
2: usually trying to bargain with them. Three for five. Come on, two for five. What are you trying to rip me off? I wasn't born yesterday.
3: I was just over in East Poughkeepsie, and I bought a couple of these for 50 cents a piece. This is highway
0: robbery
2: at the reggae show. But you know what? That is one surefire way to impress a lady, is to talk in that helium voice. They love it. They really do. So neighbors said Brooks, who had a stroke in 2008, had shuffled the court on a cane. He recently looked very gaunt. His neighbor here, uh, Jack Stone, I said the old man was losing weight and looked terrible. Quote, unquote, He was facing serious charges and had nothing to live for. I'd have done the same thing. I, I kind of like how, uh, even though this guy's been allegedly accused of uh, of uh, of raping all these women, his neighbor's still kind of like, yeah, you know, he looks he looks unhealthy, but he's still hanging out with him. He's still friendly with him.
3: Yeah, I brought him a fruit cake the <laughs> other day and. I, I know him. you're going through some hard. Sorry times. about the, the rape thing <laughs> and all the court cases, but he wasn't looking so good. Well, I asked him if he needed his lawn mode. <laughs> what's funny Jack is Jack Stone, ideal neighbor. He's facing charges
2: of raping eleven young actresses. Okay, if it was one, I'd be like, all right, well, maybe she's making this up. Maybe there's, you know, I'm 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 doubting that this. I'm doubting the veracity of her charges, or maybe I can kind of agree with him. But eleven. Do you really think 11 girls would be making up would would be fabricating you know a story that he raped them?
3: I think the likelihood of 11 girls fabricating the story is in direct proportion to the amount of money that this guy has. Now, yeah, is he that's true. Very wealthy from residuals and royalties from these songs because I mean, I generally come down on the don't blame the raped because then it just discourages girls from coming forward when they actually do get raped. But I do think there's this problem where anybody who ever cries rape, like if you say, "Well, maybe that didn't happen," you're you're like Adolf Hitler.
2: Yeah, we're we're exactly. You're. I think. <clears throat> I think most people's first in, first inclination is to like kind of side with the the the, the woman who was raped. Obviously,
3: and eleven girls. Yeah. Something, something was going. On. He was at least—if he wasn't raping girls, he was at least being an extreme creep.
2: So in 2009, Brooks was arrested on charges of raping eleven young actresses, whom he lured to his apartment with a promise of movie roles. He was awaiting trial on eighty-two counts of sexual abuse.
3: So get whats this- a movie role like a Cinnabon? <laughs> that you get in the theater. I wonder what kind
2: of movie roles this uh, this seventy three year old man really had to offer, but uh, I'm sure most of these young actresses who you probably had never even heard of uh, "You Light Up My Life." No, How- however, though this guy, this is 2009, so in 2008, a year earlier, he just had a stroke, but yet he's still, even with a stroke, able to lure and rape eleven young actresses. Now that is virility. This guy has more masculinity than Kirk Douglas. Wackly, well, you could learn something from, from Joe Brooks.
3: That's true.
2: I know. No, instead of like sitting here whining about how you haven't gotten laid in, like, whatever, eight months, you know? <laughs> Thanks. This, Thanks. This guy, with a stroke, walking with a cane, got 11 young actresses to come back to his apartment and rape them all. Now, that's a role
3: model. I take my lessons more from <laughs> Foster Brooks. Who's Foster Brooks? He's like the drunk piano player, <laughs> comedian. I don't even know that maybe guy. Maybe he drinks a lot of Fosters. Is well, that, that maybe we hence, have a video for the week. That's the first
2: name. I think you, yeah. you take your, your hints from Mel Brooks, just the wrong well, Brooks to follow
3: completely. I mean, he's, hmm.
2: he's funny. I, mean,
3: I You're I, really I, going to say Mel is the wrong Brooks to follow? That's blasphemy.
2: Well, I'm just saying. I think Joe Brooks probably got laid a lot. Okay, yeah, it might have been forcible, but I bet you Mel, you know, I, I bet you Mel, he got laid more than Mel.
3: <laughs> uh. I, I don't know Mel was a pretty powerful guy in Hollywood in, in his day
2: He was pretty funny
3: That's all I'm gonna say More powerful than this dude who wrote the shitty song <laughs> <laughs>
2: So so, so coincidentally enough And this is kind of weird His son Nicholas Brooks Is also awaiting trial on charges That he strangled his girlfriend Swimsuit designer Sylvie Cachet At the uh, Soho Soho House Private Club Last year you know his Weird. son. I, I hate
3: kids. Like I kinda this. remember that. I remember that
2: happening now. Now that you mentioned, it. I do kind of recall this too. I, I hate his son. I hate people of that ilk. You know, this kid is basically just lucky sperm club. Yeah. I mean he won yeah, the lottery and, when he came What does to he do sperm. with it? He raped swimsuit designers.
3: And at you the think Soho Soho private you club. The, you hear the term swimsuit designer, and I think a lot of people conflate that with swimsuit model, but it doesn't really mean the same thing, right?
2: No, I'm sure she's not nearly as attractive as a swimsuit model. Right. But he's really insanely wealthy, trust fund kid, but she's probably pretty good looking. Father and son had a contentious relationship, and the father had reportedly not contacted his son since his arrest. I think uh, they disagreed on uh, technique. You know, uh, the Mm -hmm. father's like, no, rape. And the son's like, no, kill. Rape and kill. And, you know, the dad's just like, no, you know, you are not a chip off the old block.
3: No, I've tried to teach you my ways, and you just don't listen, because you got a head like a brick wall. You know, if you wrote a hit
2: song and you had gazillions of dollars, wouldn't you still make your son go to college and make your son get a job? Or would you be like, you know what, I'm setting up a trust fund for you, just do whatever you want. As soon as you turn 18, have fun.
3: I am kind of lazy. Uh, and it sounds like if I had enough money that I, you know, didn't really need to worry about it, that might be the easier route is to just set up a trust fund, get a nanny. I mean, I've got, I've got young women to rape. I can't be instilling values in my son. So raising your kid,
2: you can't really do that. Although it's, no. it seems like he definitely gave him some of the rape values.
3: Well, I mean, those might be genetic. Yeah. I'm Nature sure. versus nurture.
2: Yeah, Possibly.
3: Uh, it's the a lawyer, very fertile field of philosophy <laughs> of child rearing. I'll tell you that the nature versus nurture <laughs> argument. Okay, I'll let you. will let us finish this show. The
2: lawyer for the uh, for the uh, the son's victims called it all a terrible, terrible tragedy. A father is accused of sexual abuse of so many different women, and the son is jailed on murder charges. It's just a horrible the, mess. The
3: son, the son's victim, has a lawyer. Isn't she dead? Or is the family's lawyer? It's the family's lawyer. It's the
2: the victim's family's lawyer. But she says that the family doesn't wish these people harm and would not oppose a son being let out of Rikers to attend his father's funeral. Fuck that. Yeah, no, exactly. I I find that particularly merciful. It's like, do you know what he did? He murdered
3: your daughter. Yeah, I hate this merciful family bullshit. Yeah. They're they're always Christian, right? Jews don't do this mercy mercy thing, or like I for I forgive because for Jesus taught me Jews. to turn the other cheek.
2: All I gotta say is, if they saw a forced reenactment of the of the crime here of his son's crime, I don't think they'd be so merciful. So, Wacker on the wrong star scale, it's a difficult story to to rate here because. What, what are you rating? The fact that he put a cleaning bag over his head and committed suicide? I actually don't think that's sick and wrong at all. This guy definitely should have killed himself. Or the fact that he raped 11, 11 women by luring him to his house on false pretenses.
3: Not 11-year-old women. 11, 11 young women. actresses, yeah. Yes. Hmm. What I'm going to well, say... Well, there's some young actresses that I think deserve to be raped. But I think I'm going to assume this wasn't them.
2: Well, I wonder when they say rape, I wonder it's like, I mean, was it all without consent or was it just like, okay, well, I'm thinking I'm going to get a movie role. So I'm going to, you know, hold my breath and hopefully be able to use some eye bleach and forget the fact that I'm sucking the dick of a 73 year old man.
3: Well, that's not rape. That's a raw raw deal. Well, you ever see that movie raw deal? I never saw that one. You never saw Raw Deal with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Holy shit, I guess we know what we're doing next time we're together. Is that the one where he has this uh, maid who's uh, Hispanic? Doesn't doesn't every movie (laughs) (laughs) have uh, an ethnic (laughs) female that he fucks? Uh, No, here's how you know Raw Deal. Raw Deal's the only Schwarzenegger movie where he didn't have spiky hair. It was slicked back. Okay, I think I do remember that. You gave me... A raw deal. <laughs> the main catchphrase from the movie was the title of the movie, which is pretty imaginative. You could have almost done that with every Schwarzenegger
2: movie though. Yeah. So I guess on the second wrong stars, I'm gonna say the fact that a man with a stroke was able to rape eleven women. And all this guy did to lure these women to his house was say, Yeah, I wrote you light my life. you light up my life and I can give you a movie role. I'm gonna give this a four point five.
3: Well, I think you, I think you misparlayed that. Uh, when you're an old man, you don't say, "I wrote the song, the hit song." You light up my life. Would you like to come give me a blowjob? You have to say, "I know this sounds weird for me to say, but, but, darling, you light up my life." <laughs> <laughs> I've never said that to anybody else before, and truly meant it, even though I wrote that hit song. So you actually that's deliver you, that's the line. That's how you work it. You deliver the line, you like deliver you deliver the it. line.
2: God, it's gotta work. It's I gotta mean,
3: work on one out of every ten sluts.
2: I wonder if he ever taught that to his uh, son.
3: Well, his son didn't write the song. He would have to say, <laughs> "My dad always said that my mom lit up his life, but I've never felt that way before until I met you. You truly light up my life." <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give it, I, I'm going to rate everything all together. The whole ball of wax, the rape, the suicide, the sun, the sun. strangling, the swimsuit uh, designer, whatever. Uh, and I'm going to give it a four. Yeah. It's definitely a, a, gr- a gross. I, I do have to say the gross old man with a bag of helium around his head <clears throat> is probably getting more points from me than anything else. It reminds me of David Carradine for some reason. Well, I
0: don't know.
3: So, uh, I, think, I think David Carradine died honorably, though. I mean, he was just trying to get himself off you know, yeah, he in did a legal way and he just got out of control or not, and he meant to do it. I don't know.
2: No, well, we'll see. People, you decide who won episode 279 here. Go vote sickandwrongpodcast.com. Well, actually, yeah, we're nearing the end of the show. We got a few phone calls here. The Sick and Wrong hotline 206-666-3846 is that number. And uh, usually, this is the part that we play the uh, the Adam and Eve promo that um, that people have made for us. And we encourage people to make promos, like intros for the show. Uh, we actually need more Audible dot com promos or Adam right. and Eve promos. Well, this next one that I'm going to play, and I, I think we're going to comment during here, is okay. I would you know, and I appreciate the the gesture of this guy going to the trouble of making us this show or this promo for our show. It's probably got to be, hands down, the worst Admin Eve promo I've ever heard. Really? We, we've received some doozies in our time here, but now, I would say... Is, it,
3: is the sound quality poor, or is the concept poor, or both? Sound quality is actually not terrible, but he is calling
2: right. it into I the can wrong that, Hotline. Then. He's calling it into the Hotline, though, so it's not pre-recorded. Okay. Right. Sure. Um, but yeah, I would say it's the, the content that, that makes it <laughs> so memorable. <laughs> But, uh, okay, let, let, let's go with this. Here here it is. The worst sick and wrong promo I've ever heard.
0: What do you do when you're at a family reunion or Thanksgiving and you got a raging boner that won't go away and you're considering fucking <laughs> your grandmother? You go to Adam and Eve, of course, and you buy a jerk-off sleeve, you know, a dildo, uh, pocket pussy something
2: of that nature do you think he wrote out a script beforehand
3: i don't know i I find the stumbling over the lines charming
2: (laughs) it makes it it's authentic though
3: it's like in the carol burnett show when tim conway would break character and start laughing or the i guess the other people usually broke character and started laughing at him
2: Hmm. It was Carol, you know that
3: reference. Nobody
2: <laughs> okay. it, but it Moving lends on. a certain authenticity to the to the promise. So let's, let's continue here.
0: You can go in the bathroom and just take care of that raging blunder before you have to bend over your grandma at the table and just fuck her. So go to Adam <laughs> and dot com and type in the code ca- diddle. D D D Right, Diddle, that's what Grandpa used to do to your dad. <laughs> Talk to you
3: later. Thought he was going to say Grandma. There, he threw me for a loop. So th-
2: there you go. It's it's just like what Grandpa used to do to your dad.
3: <laughs> well, first of all, he's very drunk. What if what if your grandma looks like Helen Mirren? Puts well, a different spin have... on it. Yeah, no, I, I I I think I'm
2: assuming here. I'm giving this guy the. You know my belief that uh, that that his uh, grandma isn't very attractive.
1: Mm, I'm picturing her to look like the she throw look mama like from Helen the train. Merritt.
2: Well, but, then in that case, yeah, she's an attractive. Oh, did you
3: say the throw mama from the train, Grandma?
2: That's what I'm saying. He's referring <laughs> Ew, to.
3: Gross. Um. So yeah,
2: you know, people, we encourage you to uh, call in promos. I think uh, I kind of like it to be a little more comprehensible than uh, than that.
3: No, no, I thought we said we liked it because it's authentic. I think it, should needs, it needs a music bed.
2: Yeah, a music bed. Might. Maybe I should add. But maybe add. you could do that. Yeah. Well, how about this? How about I add the, uh, the Sanford and Sun music under, underneath? Or you light up my life. You light up my life might work perfectly. You know what? Next week, I will add a music bed to my favorite Adam and Eve promo here. So people, do what the call said. Don't rape your grandmother because you have yeah. an erection at your family reunion. Um, just go to Com. Find what you want, like get some kind of porno tool, masturbation sleeve, what have you, and then type in Diddle when you check out, and you get 50% off your item, and like free porn and lube or something.
3: <laughs> something. For God's um, sake, something. So we uh, something got Something for the working man.
2: <laughs> something for the working man. So we got a few phone calls to the Sick and Wrong Hotline, 206-666-3846 is that number, uh, one of them is kind of a long call, but uh, I think it's worth playing here because it's an interesting story. Um, here it is. It's it's about a guy who who's confessing something to us.
4: Hey, sick and wrong. This is uh, Leon, Squirly man. Uh, I live in Bradenton, Florida, a little shithole of a fucking town. But uh, I'm drunk as shit, and I decided to call <laughs> you guys. I've been listening for about three years now. You guys fuck the show, Rocks but uh, I've heard a bunch of confessions on your show, and I figured now's my time to give a little confession.
2: Uh... See, now this makes me nervous, because some people that listen to this show could confess something that I do not want to hear.
3: Like, we, you, have we had many confessions? Have we had the guy who ran the guy over with? The, we've had several guys that have run people have over run with people their work over. truck. Did,
2: didn't we have one where someone like, uh, the, the two guys like split a deer in half? And they're tr- trucks yeah. or something? Yeah. And we've had some confessions. So, you know, it makes me nervous. I'm apprehensive about hearing it. But at the same time, it it could be good. So let's see. Right.
4: When I was 15 years old, I moved to West Virginia. And while I was hanging out there, I met with this dude named, uh, I'm not going to say his name. But, uh, anyways, this That's guy, me and him, we live way back in the fucking woods, you know, backwoods fucking hillbillies and shit. We're out there riding around four wheelers. We see this old rundown trailer on the bottom side of this hill. Well, we decided to go out there and we're doing a little target practice with those in and his BB guns. Uh, there's this guy named Elmo who's like the town drunk, I guess you can call him. He, uh, you know, go around. all he had I like to drink. Out, Elmo to likes a drinking. A bicycle <laughs> trying to buy money from everybody.
2: I wonder if Elmo's his real name or if that's what they call him.
3: Because he's covered in red fur. <laughs> there's a big orange nose. <laughs> that would be a better story.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he explains that.
4: Well, we were deciding to fuck with him one time, and uh, we were shooting the twenty-two and a BB gun inside of this little trailer where he was staying at. So, you know, we, this shit carried okay.
2: him. Wackerly, as a uh, a weapon owner yourself, yes. could a twenty-two do any real damage? Like, if you shot someone... Uh, it's pretty s- small. But, I mean, what would it do? And could it, could you kill somebody with a twenty-two?
3: It would be... Difficult, but I, you know, anytime firearms are involved, it's uh, it it can be dangerous, it could cause a bad infection. (laughs) (laughs)
2: But, but I'm saying if they were shooting
3: a shotgun, a a 22 is basically the smallest caliber round you can get above, you know, like a pellet gun.
2: Okay, so they were shooting a pellet gun. And they're shooting a twenty two but if they're a shooting is a shotgun, the next size up. If they're well, shooting yeah, a shotgun in this guy's can, trailer, they could do some yeah, damage. Yeah, You
3: can blow a big fucking hole in somebody's chest with a shotgun. All right, well, let's see. Think about a shotgun. If it's if it's actual buckshot, it usually won't go through a wall. But uh, if you are shooting like slugs, it will go through a wall.
2: Now I can see as a 15 year old or 16 year old how amusing this would be. I mean, it's like you have oh, yes. Elmo. Your
3: brain is not fully developed. <laughs> you
2: have, <laughs> you have Elmo in his trailer. I mean, I would be like, okay, this is like first-class like entertainment in yeah. backwards-ass Virginia.
4: Oh, for about, I oh, six, seven months or whatever, you know, because he lived only half a mile away from my house. But, uh, the confession part of it, though, is about two years later, I'm running a shop in a town not too far away where his nephew worked right across the street from me. We're standing around chit-chatting one day, and he's telling me about how he used to have this drunk uncle live way to buck fuck out in the woods. And, uh, the drunk uncle actually ended up dying of some sort of massive heart attack due to some metal object lodged in his body. Well, come to find out, you know, about you know, a little while earlier before that, me and a buddy of mine were out there shooting at his ass, you know, for fun, shooting <laughs> and deals, they have nothing to do with West Virginia, either <laughs> Stew coke or shoot at some bum.
0: Really? But,
4: uh we actually lost. Lodged-
2: well, the two are very different activities. Um, hmm. But they could go I hand in hand. I can see how
3: one feeds into the other. Yeah, I can see that
4: a fucking 22 bullet inside of his ass, and I'm pretty sure it was my shot that did this. But uh, what ended up happening was we're just up there hanging up on top of the hill. We're sighting in the targets. They're sighting in the sights on the gun, and we're just shooting down there, and we hear this drunk guy down there hollering, Hey, you fuckers, quit fucking shooting at me. I know what you guys, blah, 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 this and the other. We just thought it was funny. So, uh, yeah, I ended up shooting the 22 right through the window where I thought his leg was at, but apparently it was somewhere near his left arm. And it went so they were the aiming arm, for him. Through the ribcage and inside of him, you know, a twenty does doesn't doesn't really travel that far. But once it goes in, it kind of rattles around the rib cage and everything because it just stretch apart like three, four, five, six different parts. Well, I'm talking to this guy who I've become really good friends with, and he's telling about his uncle, and I'm telling about this guy who used to shoot at and everything, and come to find out, it was his uncle who had fucking died from my shot. I don't know. I kind of feel bad about it, but then I kind of don't. You know, it's like he's a dumb drunk, so nobody really cares about him except for this one fucking guy. But, uh, hmm. yeah, no, I've been a long time listener. I've been listening to you guys for about three and a half years now. You fucking show rocks. And, uh, you know, you guys keep it up, keep it sick, keep it wrong. And this is Leon from Bradenton. And, uh, give me a shout out on the podcast. And I'd appreciate it, man. Later, guys.
2: Hey, thank you, Leon, for, uh, calling in and telling us that you shot somebody. <laughs>
3: And your name and where you live and everything. (laughs) Nice one.
2: However, I don't know. I kind of doubt that, that first of all, it's the first time the town drunk was shot at. And second of all, that this dude probably did actually hit the guy in the first
3: place. You never know. I I don't know what to say about that story.
1: (laughs) This is all I got to say. I really don't. I'm left
3: speechless. That is uh, quite a confession. Although... It's in pretty much the same line as the other confessions we have. Uh, you, you're thinking of the deer? Don't remember the guy who was like loading up his truck and there was a homeless man underneath it that like he smashed the axle in half? or something. He was ripped in yeah. half. Yeah, no, I yeah. remember that one too. I believe it was a Mexican. That was more a gruesome story.
2: Yeah, no, this this one. I mean, we, we, we had some homeless people uh, in the town that I grew up that we used to fuck with every now and then. We never shot at them. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, we would occasionally like throw things at them. And but uh, but this is all I gotta say, people. If you're gonna like go and if you're bored and you're you're fucking around, go shoot at some cans. You know, maybe, maybe go mm-hmm. commit some like random acts of vandalism. But I
3: wouldn't Canadians, shoot at any that's humans. What, that's what you mean when you say cans. You mean Canadians? <laughs> well,
2: okay, well, more or less. Take it take it as you mean it. But uh, yeah, I would probably avoid shooting at another human being, even if they're. You know, a, an annoying town drunk. Probably
3: not. Yeah, a be good safe. Idea. No, you get you get the annoying town drunk to go buy you alcohol when you're a teenager. That's what we did. Doesn't every, I thought everybody knew that. And you know what? The funniest thing about
2: it is they would always try to sneak off with your money, and then you'd corner them and threaten to beat their ass if they didn't go back and buy you the alcohol again.
3: Well, and the, even the ones that didn't try and sneak off with your money, they're so stupid. You've got to tell them the order, like, 20 times, <laughs> and then they still come back with completely the wrong thing. Like, 24-pack of Bush Light, 24-pack of Bush Light, 24-pack of Bush Light, and a pack of Marlboro Reds. And they'd all inevitably come out with, like, a six-pack of Bacardi and some <laughs> Virginia Slims. And James. <laughs> yeah. And you always just drink it, because what are you going to do at that point? Like, you know, all right, you fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> you illiterate, borderline retarded dick.
2: So I think the moral of the story is don't shoot the homeless people. Don't kill the homeless people. Exploit them. Yeah. So here's the uh, the, the last call here we got to the Signal Hotline.
1: Hey, Dan Lance. This is Hot Cop on a Bike in Texas. I just wanted to comment on a couple things. First is something y'all talked about in a couple podcasts ago about a plain view doctrine if you see marijuana or something like that through a window you're allowed to make entry called plain view the second thing is about a a jaywalking ticket
2: wait a second so if they do see marijuana or someone smoking or committing a crime or smoking marijuana they can just walk into your house
3: Uh, yeah i think we were talking about that and i based you know i base all my police work knowledge off of Cop dramas on With TV, the wire. <laughs> yeah, and The Shield and and various other shows.
2: Yeah, I guess that that might. I think that you know, I read in uh, Indiana they don't even need to see it anymore now. You know, now they're they're just you mean yeah. they can smell it, or they can just no. walk
3: in at any time.
2: I think if there's any kind of suspicion, like if they had heard that there's some, someone like smoking marijuana in there, they can kick down your door and just go in. Like it's a new well, town local law that like legislation that just passed.
3: But isn't that kind of like a significant part of like either the Bill New of process? Rights or the yeah, Constitution, no, like against illegal so. search and seizure? No, I'm no, not. Okay. I,
2: I'm, I'm maybe this not this country. Indian.
3: This country, I tell you, hell in a handbasket. I'm going to go, gonna go that to Antarctica. Is a pain in the bitch.
1: We have to ride a lot of jaywalking tickets here in Texas, where I work, and typically that starts from somebody being hit by a car. And then it's just a trickle down from there. Our bosses make us heavily enforce that stuff. Transients, homeless people, whoever it is, um,
3: hipsters, you know, people get hit
1: by cars, and <laughs> the cars take off because they're drunk, and oh. people have to suffer with jaywalking tickets. So keep it sick, keep it wrong. Thanks.
2: So I guess now, did uh, she say
3: she was hot cop on a bike?
2: Hot comp on a bike in Texas. Hmm. You know, I wonder though if, uh, like, if it's like South Padre Island or some place like that. I imagine they probably do have a major jaywalking problem. I just feel like yeah. in downtown L.A., you know, there's there are transients walking across all the time. Those people aren't getting the jaywalking tickets. It's like they look no, at a guy like me and they're like, "Okay, that guy can pay <laughs> the ticket, so we're gonna we're gonna give him the ticket."
3: You didn't even listen to what she was saying. <laughs> You didn't even listen to what a a hot-ass Texas cop was saying. I was listening, Wackerly. No, she's saying what happens is the homeless people get hit walking, jaywalking, and then then there's an outrage down at the city hall, at the city council, the station, and then the cops are forced to give jaywalking tickets to everyone because some, some stupid drunk bum got hit then all the normal people who know how to jaywalk safely have to pay the price. I think maybe in
2: Texas, here. I think in Los Angeles, it's we need money. And here's well, an easy source of revenue.
3: Maybe. I don't know. You know I, do, you think, do you think you and your girlfriend's $300 is really saving the city coffers?
2: $400, but it's not just us. <laughs> I think it's just uh, you know all the other people that come down here. That, uh, you Do you know, like see it happening a lot? Urban pioneers. Yeah. The, the, the cops just, they, you know, instead of like busting people for public intox in. or yeah. uh, for, for, you know, smoking crack on the street, they're camped out in their vice cars busting people or jaywalking because it's a $200 ticket.
3: Okay. I don't, and you I don't see this it happen.
2: It's a major thing. But I wonder if in Texas, if they have quotas because of that. So if someone gets hit by a car. Then do all of a sudden you will now you have to hand out a certain amount of jaywalking tickets every month.
3: Probably. I, I don't know. I don't know how the quota thing works or whether it's just like they want to amp up enforcement or no or do zero they tolerance. Get, like do
2: they get a bonus? Like let's say you got ten jaywalking tickets. Do you get a bonus for that?
3: I don't know. I'm, I, I'm getting a boner thinking about hot cop on a bike though. <laughs> that does sound kinda hot. I like hot. <laughs> I like bikes. I like cops. You like cop uniforms. Women in uniform sure
2: so people call the sick and wrong hotline 206-666-3846 we always love to hear what you have to say we don't really have any time for emails but you can send us an email at sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com oh, well people if you haven't already the sick and wrong forum is waiting for you there's a whole like viable community out there of sick and wrong deviants that are just waiting to make some make, make new friends you know it's a it's a loving community there on the forum I think it's just like people who hate people who hate people. It's like I right. hate people, and uh, you meet other people that also hate people. It's just like a gathering of the misanthropes. But, yeah, they're a warm, fuzzy lot, those people. So go to sickandwrongpodcast.com, click on Forum, and join the Sick and Wrong Forum uh, today. Also, uh, thank you, everybody, for subscribing to the show on iTunes. I noticed, wackily, that you changed the, uh, the icon. It's now the Sick and Wrong Pope.
3: Give me the devil It took horns. me about a year and a half to figure it out, but uh, I persevered. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> amazed. So I was like,
2: it's go- I mean, "It was funny because I checked it out the other day because someone said they, that uh, someone left us a funny comment and I went over there to go look at it and I was like, oh well, my God, lo and behold, you know, we, we, we survived the rapture and wackily figured out how to change the fucking icon on the iTunes page.
3: It's true. Yeah. Well, it's true. Uh, I'll take all the plaudits and laudits <laughs> I can receive. <laughs> But seriously, people, if you
2: subscribe to the show on iTunes, it really does help us out. It gives us a lot of exposure, uh, gives us a higher ranking. More people check out the show. It'll give us encouragement to continue. So go to the iTunes, subscribe, leave us a rating.
3: Uh, finally- and speaking of exposure, actually, before you finalize, um, I will be in the UK, in London soon. And I'm still, <laughs> I'm still a very antisocial person, but I'm considering uh, trying to hang out uh one of these nights in the after the fifteenth, like the Thursday or Friday. Uh in uh my friend has suggested somewhere around the old street tube or Farringdon tube. So I know, people enjoyed- want to suggest on the on the forum where we should hang out, as they did with D in his inaugural visit. I enjoyed uh, the
2: Camden Town area there where actually it was a good time. Okay. But yeah, well, you know but what, yeah, we- but maybe we want to change it up. Let the, let the Limeys pick out a spot. They seem to know that town well. Well, but, um, I, was
3: gonna th- I was thinking of picking the neighborhood, then they could pick the bar. That was my idea. Well,
2: yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure they could suggest a, uh, a fine place. But just don't say I didn't warn you, actually. Those you did warn me. Those people are a ruthless, alcohol-swilling bunch.
3: I know. I'm going to bring back there are no bounds. Me. And then, uh, actually, after that, I'll be in Amsterdam the next, in the middle of the week following that, if if we have any fans in Amsterdam. I know we have some f- fans, you know, in that, what do you call that whole area of Sweden and Norway? The Scandinavian area. Scandinavian fans. So the Scandinavians can come, come down and, uh, to Amsterdam and hang out with me.
2: Well, when's this going to be out in out now,
3: June? I leave June 15th, and I'll be over in that area for a couple of weeks, but toward the end, I'll be in a smaller part of Germany where I'm sure nobody's ever heard of us before.
2: Well, you should announce it via Facebook or the forum or something and have people give suggestions. Closer to the day. Well,
3: <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't people be listening to the show if they're a fan of the show? Like, like, I have to. And I'll, uh, that's just weird.
2: Well, I'm just saying. People who listen to the show can go to the forum and just make announcements yes, so then everybody can right. can their I will do that. I will cents. do that. Yes, um, but yeah, I, I think that'd be a I think that'd be a fun time, Wackley, because then you can come back with your own embarrassing stories, embarrassing pictures, and embarrassing phone calls. Looking, oh, forward I'm definitely
3: to it. giving you a phone call.
2: I'm looking forward to it. Uh, finally, people, um, and then hopefully I'll have these before you go on your trip. Um, the sick and wrong T-shirts have finally been ordered. You know, I think uh, people were like, "Yippee!" You know, I think people were like, "You know, whack or D's blowing hot air up our asses." And trying to inflate us like a trucker <laughs> in New Zealand. Right. I'm not. I was, you know, I was working with a designer, a Sick and Wrong fan, who designed us this amazing kick-ass mind-blowing design. And then I had to find a printer down here in the Los Angeles area to print the shirts. Finally did that. I'm putting in my order tomorrow morning. Shirts will be here in about ten days. So um for now, if you really need to order some sick and wrong merch, go to the Cafe Press Store, which is right on Sick and click on store. Uh, If not, just wait a couple weeks and uh, order this brand new kick-ass t-shirt. not going to give you any more clues. It's going to be a surprise. Um, Also, we got the video of the week this week. was sent in by August Doe. August writes, This is just too screwed up and rare not to get on your site. I call it mongloid guidos. It's interesting. interesting. It's interesting. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. It's like as if you took the Jersey Shore... And you made them... If, it was like if if instead of having... Well, I guess the guys on Jersey Shore kind of look like they have Down Syndrome. But if you had real Down Syndrome actors doing the Jersey Shore, it would be this video. So we're going to put that on as the video of the week. Thank you, August, for sending that in. And uh, here, the Sick and Wrong Song of the Week is dedicated to Joseph Brooks. For people that have not heard that fine, influential song, You Light Up My Life. Uh, it was originally, I think it was popularized by uh, Debbie Boone, Pat Boone's daughter. But we're not going to play that version. Instead... We're going to play the Engelbert Humperdinck version.
3: Oh, yes, Engelbert.
2: Listen to the sweet, dulcet (laughs) tones and just zone out. It's great, especially after you've heard my obnoxious voice all this time, and then you can just kind of zone out to the Humperdinck. It's great. So we're going to end the show with You (laughs) Light My Life, Engelbert Humperdinck's version. People will be back next week with episode 280. It's a milestone. Till then, take it sleazy.
1: So many nights I sit by my window Waiting for someone To sing me a song So many dreams I kept deep inside me Alone in the dark But now you waters Could it be fine I'm turning for home Find me a chance to say hey I love you Never again To be on
0: this is Bob medigan and you're living ah, listen living listening to synchronon the sick Run <laughs> thanks dude. right here yes you're listening to synchronon and this is Bob medigan and uh, I hope you're still gonna listen later on dude <laughs>